Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts from the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, is Tad the Side. And Tad, as of recording, the draft is happening next week. Like, I mean, we are Oh, good God. Oh, God. I have so many notes to do. I know. Don't tell me that. No. (laughs) You're not alone. I have a lot of notes to prepare still. Uh, But yes, of course, as we're talking about notes, just a quick reminder, everybody who haven't checked out our latest episodes, either the YouTube or podcast episodes, but we are doing an NFL draft live stream. We'll be covering rounds one, two, and three for sure. We're still figuring out the details for day three as far as how long we're going to go. We're definitely not doing the full day. Like, I mean, no, that- we are not doing, no, no, I'm not, do- I'm not doing that whole thing. We're not compiling that amount of notes to cover all the picks in the NFL draft. 100% will be here for days one and day two and a portion of day three for sure. I think we're looking at possibly round four and round five, and then we'll probably end it there. Maybe we'll do just round four, but we still figure out logistics there. But just, yeah, make sure you tune in. We're going to give you some great content. We're going to have some guests, hopefully, as well. Get that all organized. It's going to be a fun time. But, yeah, Tad, we're going to close out our rankings episodes here. Like I know we didn't do every, we didn't do every position, but we want to highlight graphics wise. We'll do them with the graphics. Check out our social media right below. Look, it's just starting right here. So yeah. yeah. What about the linebackers? We're doing the linebackers. We're just not doing it on the show. Relax people. Exactly. We have a lot of content that we want to cover on the episodes and the YouTube episodes here. So we can't get to everything. So yeah, hundred percent, the position rankings, you will get a top 10 for every position group is going to be released on our social media handle. So make sure you're following on all that, just like Tad highlighted. And of course we're going to plug at the end of the episode too, but just, yeah, so we're going to close this out with our last position rankings episode before the draft. And we'll be talking about the secondary. So we're going to talking secondary. about we're going to talk about some corners first, and then we're going to get to the safeties. It's going to be some fun times. Like, I mean, Tad, how'd you feel about this? Uh, how'd you feel about this episode as you're putting those together? Well, well it, it's funny how I feel about this episode because we're, we're celebrating a milestone this episode. Do you know what milestone we were celebrating? I think I do, but I'm going to let you, uh, I'm gonna let you okay. point it out. Buddy, buddy, this is officially our 200th podcast episode we have done 200 episodes over the last three years so i just want to take a moment kind of celebrate we have had a great three years of decide guys fantasy football draft podcast everything in between we man this has been a great journey with you and you know what we're gonna pop some champagne here. we're gonna do this right <laughs> oh gosh there we go hey nice cap leave it alone yeah, of don't, course. Don't I pick that like... up. Cheers, buddy. <laughs> to to a great three years and to a great future. I am I could not pick a better podcast co-host. Two hundred episodes. Man, it is crazy. Exactly. It has been two hundred episodes. It's been so many oh my god, you need to control yourself. <laughs> it fizzed up on me. It fizzed up on me. Uh, good, good but yeah. But yeah, this ep uh, this podcast has sort of gone through Lots of different changes. I think we started with just general football stuff, and then we morphed into fantasy football. Now we're doing draft content as well. So, I mean, it's like we've taken so many different turns and directions. But, yeah, one constant is that I've always had a great co-host as well. It's been a great journey for sure. 200 episodes. Let's see what happens in the next 100 or so, next 200 or so. Like, I mean, it's going to be fun times, especially as we're covering draft content now. We're going to be at the draft live stream like we talked about. And just, yeah, more fantasy content is going to be coming in the summer. And just, yeah, it's been a fun journey, man. I can't imagine doing it with anybody else besides you, man. I love you, buddy. Uh, (laughs) Where are the chances I finish this bottle by the end of the episode? Uh, I'm going to say zero. Uh, Challenge accepted. (laughs) Let's not do that. Let's let's save Cheers. some for later. Let's, <laughs> Cheers, let's talk some secondary while I get drunk. Let's do this. Oh gosh, let's yeah, let's try and limit how much you're drinking out of that bottle as we talk secondary yeah. here. Um, but yeah, we're definitely that. like I said, we want to talk some secondary uh, positions here as far as just who to look for uh, when we're talking the draft here. So we want to take a different angle here. So Tad, let's start with the corners here, and I'm just gonna put this out there, just a broad question, just. Who is your favorite corner in this year's draft class? Like, I just want to know, like, it doesn't have to be a high-ranked guy. It could be some guy that's going to go on possibly day two, day three. But just, like, who's a guy that you watch his tape and you're just like, man, this is a guy that just if I had him on my team, I would just be so happy with it. So just who's a guy like that that fits that description for you? 
just the way you phrased that made me think of the episode of South Park where, like, if my parents did this, I'd be so happy. And it's just like, <laughs> but no, I mean, honestly, it's I know it doesn't have to be a high ranking guy, but it's he's so good, it's impossible for me to say anybody else other than Christian Gonzalez. He is by far my favorite corner in this year's draft. He sits at 6'2, 197 pounds. Yes, he's a little on the skinnier side. We'll get to that in a bit. But like his fluidity is amazing. His man coverage skills are amazing. His zone coverage skills are great. Not amazing, but they are great, which tells you like, okay, if they're just if that's the biggest knock on him, like, oh, you're not that good. I'm not that good is even too critical. If, okay, that's a weak part of your game is zone coverage, but you're still that good at it. Like that just shows how good this guy is. I love him. His speed is off the rails good. Do you know what he ran the 40? I know this is not a perfect yeah. measure of what you know game speed is, but do you know what he ran at the 40 during the combine? I want to say it was like a four, four two maybe. Oh, close four three eight. Four, as, three, a eight, okay. Four, right. three, as a corner. 438 as a corner. Yeah, exactly. So he has scheme versatility cuz like I said like his man coverage skills are amazing. So if you put him in man to man situation, he's going to like excel. If you put him in a more zone kind of situation, he might not be as good, but he will still do good for your team. So there there's just so much there to like about him. Now, okay, I'm not saying he's the perfect corner. Yes, he he could be more aggressive going for the pick. Uh but I think that's that's one of those things where he it, it kind of shows like he's so careful about reading the offense. It's like sometimes you just got to stop reading so much. Stop overthinking. This is what I tell my students at school. Stop overthinking. Go with your gut. If you see that pick there, go for it. And sometimes he doesn't quite do that. So that's something he needs to develop. He bites on devil moves every now and then, but like what corner doesn't. So I feel like that's a little nitpicky. And also uh, his strength isn't the best. Like I said, he's, he's below 200 pounds. So if you're playing him in a heavy press scheme, that is the one situation where I'm sorry about scratching my nose so much. My allergies are driving me nuts. But if you play him in a press man uh, heavy scheme, that's, I think, the one situation where he can start to struggle because he's not quite strong enough to put up with the top receivers in college, let alone the top receivers in the NFL. So I think that is the one area. If you really want him to be your press man number one corner, I don't see him quite being there yet. You can coach him up, you know, beef him up literally to that point. But I think right now he is set to be an immediate contributor as number two, and you can develop him as a star number one moving forward. Yeah, when you watch tape of Chris Gonzalez, I mean, it just like it looks easy for him. Like, I mean, he just it naturally does. looks it's like so effortless. Yeah, it just looks like he it doesn't have he doesn't have any sort of issues taking on any receiver that he's going up against. He has the good recognition skills like when the ball's in the air, he's turning his head right when the receiver's turning his head. I mean, just like you see it constantly with this guy. So you can see that naturally when he gets to the next level, it's not going to be hard for him to make that transition. Now, obviously, most of these prospects that are coming out the draft, they're not perfect prospects. Like, I mean, we've had very few and far between as far as a prospect that's ready to go that can be a Pro Bowl, all pro type of player in his first year. So, I mean, yes, exactly like you said, most corners tend to bite on those double moves, especially once you get to the next level. The defenses are going to be a little bit different. You're going to have to adjust to that. Offenses are going to be a lot better than what you're used to as well. Quarterbacks are a lot smarter. So, I mean, they're going to be able to take advantage of your raw skills and your limited knowledge of your new defense that you're learning right so they'll be able to take advantage of you but yeah you give this guy enough time i bet you by the end of his first year he's going to be one of those guys that's just consistently dangerous as far as that you need to think twice before you're throwing his way so yeah, yeah. christian gonzalez i mean fantastic corner gonna be i think i think he's gonna be a top 10 pick like i mean we haven't really start he top should. he should we haven't released our mock drafts yet, but I mean, just sort of a little bit of a teaser there. I'm probably going to be having him in my top 10. Like, I mean, he has that type of talent for sure. I mean, it's like you said, it's it, he shows just it, the way he plays makes it look like he has such a little effort while playing this of just like a, a, a receiver runs a great curl route and he will just bite on it like it's nothing. Like he just instinctually knows how to read these routes. It's 
one of the most impressive corners I've seen over the past couple of years. And on top of that, so yeah, I think number six to the Lions is a possibility. I think number eight to the Falcons is a possibility. I don't see him slipping past number nine to the Bears. Because if yeah. if Skaronsky is gone by then at number nine when the Bears pick, this absolutely should be the pick because Eberflus absolutely needs those man-to-man corners. That's why Jalen Johnson succeeded so well last year mm-hmm. in the new bear system is because the man-to-man coverage is such an emphasis on this, you know, in, in this system with Chicago that he is, there's no better pick than Christian Gonzalez to the bears. Now, do I think that'll be the case? No, I think they'll prioritize offensive tackle over corner, but it, again, if Skronsky and somehow if Paris Johnson's off the board, this would if I'm a Bears fan and you guys take Christian Gonzalez, your secondary is set for years to come. And that is a very exciting prospect for Chicago. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he falls out of the top 10 as well, because in case the Bears go in a different direction, where you talked about the Eagles, they could probably use some upgrades oh, as well. I know. God, they're able could to- you imagine if he's an Eagle? God damn it. I know they were able to re-sign James Bradbury as well as Darius Slay, but yeah, obviously there's not there's not going to be a guarantee that they're going to return for long term. They're both a little bit older as well, so yeah, you want to get younger at the position. If you get a guy like Christian Gonzalez there at number ten, that just that's just making the rich get richer, right? That's an ex- excellent pick there, but yeah, I'm pretty sure Gonzalez will be gone as a top ten pick. But I want to bring up my favorite corner, and this is sort of like a little bit of a debate that I think Ted we've had before okay. a little not a long one but i think we've had short debates here on the podcast already between your guy christian gonzalez and then my guy devin witherspoon mm. out of illinois and who is that number one corner and for me like that's why i bring him up here because i think devin witherspoon is my number one corner in this year's draft class out of the university of illinois like i mean you see him play he's such a tenacious type of guy he likes to get into the action whenever he can just all over the field um Scheme versatility, like I've seen him play both on the inside of Illinois as well as on the outside covering the main uh, receivers as well as the slot receivers. Um, position versatility, like I said, just Illinois liked to use him wherever they could depending on what the matchup was right. Um Seriously, like he sticks to the receiver like glue. Like, I mean, there's no chances that I've seen very few and far between. Like I said, I think it was once in a blue moon that a receiver got really good separation on him. But for the most part, he was right there running with the receiver, making those windows very tight for a quarterback to make the quarterback second guess, allows the pass rush to get in to break up the play possibly or force the quarterback to go with like, you know, the running back coming out of the backfield or to throw the ball away or hopefully take the sacks or a thing. Right. So it's just really great sticking to his receiver while he doesn't have elite level speed, like some, like most of these quarters that you may want to cover some of these speedsters. I never saw a lot of times where he was beat on a play. Like he was able to stick with this guy. He was able to cover, has that recovery speed as well. Where he was able to keep track with his receiver. So even if the quarterback thought he had a chance, you can see Devin Witherspoon being able to catch up eventually and make a play on the ball as well. Obviously, there have been a handful of times where the quarterback got the best of them. They are able to make a big play, but there wasn't a lot of chances where I saw where just the elite level speed that he doesn't possess didn't hurt him um, or did hurt him, excuse me, when he was playing at Illinois for sure. <laughs> Quickly recognizes the play. He's able to sort of like, especially in zone schemes, able to sort of recognize that a play is coming his way. He's able to come in, break in on the play, pass, break it up, or limit the receiver from getting extra yards after the catch. So he is great in both zone as well as man coverage as well. Definitely more of a press man quarter than a zone cover, but he has the ability to play in a zone cover scheme as well. Um equally productive in the run game like i mean there's so many plays to add where i see this guy just absolutely like a bullet coming out of the secondary just coming in to get to the ball carrier tackle him for a loss definitely they brought him in on some blitzes as well but just like he has that sort of finacity as we like to say on the podcast here attaboy attaboy (laughs) it's spreading it's spreading finally but he has that finacity because he likes to mix it in. He likes to mix it up. He likes to sort of turn it up. He likes to get into the action. He is that type of player to sort of get in there with his aggressiveness. Very excellent in the run game as well. Now, here's the one thing, though, that I will say is that that aggressiveness has sort of hurt him at times, too, where, you know, he goes in after the ball carrier, could sort of miss the receiver, goes out past him. They're able to get a big play on, on that way. Sometimes he can jump routes a little bit too aggressively at times. That's a late, some bad, bad plays as well. Uh, but I think the biggest thing, Tad, is just he is an underside defender. So, I mean, 
That's what you worry about when he gets to the next level. Can he handle that longer schedule? Can he bulk up a little bit to go against these number one receivers? Like if he was going up against a Mike Evans, I don't know if he'd consistently win that battle every single time because Mike Evans has that sort of leaping ability and that size differential to sort of get after him. But I think what we've seen, though, what the tape there at Illinois with Devin Witherspoon is just he's willing to he's willing to try it out. Like, I mean, this is sort of like the picture perfect example that I came up with is that he reminds me a lot of Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors. Mm. Like, he's that type of guy that he wants to mix it up with a lot of guys. He's one of those guys that's like, you will love to have him on your team, but you will absolutely hate the fact that you have to play against him. Like, I mean, he likes to mix it up. He's a talker. He's going to get chippy with you guys. But also the big thing is that Draymond Green is an undersized defender too, but he has no trouble going up against any guy going from that position one to position five. I see the very similar thing with Devon Witherspoon, so that maybe he may be undersized, but I think he's going to develop his football IQ, his read and recognition skills, everything that's going to allow him to sort of play the bigger uh, wide receivers and possibly tight ends too, depending on where they line where, where they line him up on the defense. He's going to be able to use his recognition and intelligence more than his physical abilities as being a undersized defender, and so that's going to help him win at the next level. But just yeah, everything that I see in this guy is just like he has that you know as as the kids say he's got that dog in him like that's very much what say, i see with devon with this say, how here. old are you as the kids say my i'm god, an old man that i'm age, an old I was man about to say, my god yeah. i'm an old man say, you know that already you, but yeah you devon with this food for me 100 <laughs> he's my number one quarter in this class I, I mean, I disagree with you at the number one thing. There's just more I like about Christian Gonzalez, but I, it, it was That's hard fair. when I saw that he was your pick because the, I don't, it's not that I don't like Devin Witherspoon. There's just more, now I'm going to parse words so hard this segment. There's more I don't like about him than Christian Gonzalez, if that makes sense. So I have more criticisms sure. of Witherspoon than I do of Gonzalez. And, and that's fair. Uh, yeah, and, and, and a couple things, as people very quickly find out, one of the things I value the most when it comes to secondary is speed, especially the way mm-hmm. the NFL is moving now with these speedsters, with Tyreek Hill no longer being like the vertical guy. Now all of a sudden that little motherfucker can run routes. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, like we, we need somebody who can keep up with him and has a fluidity to keep up with him. Because before yeah. it was just like, hey, can you can you run vertical with Tyreek Hill? Okay, then we're good. And now it's like, can you keep up with a post or you know a, a corner route with Tyreek Hill? And it's just like, I don't know if that's a special talent. So that's my biggest concern with Witherspoon is his speed isn't bad. It's just not top end. Yeah, and like I said is. with – yeah, and like I said with Christian Gonzalez, Christian Gonzalez has that speed. So that's why I give him the nod over there. Um, you kind of mentioned this. Um, it's not easy. I won't say it's easy, but it's easier to get Witherspoon to bite on double moves more than Gonzalez as well. Um his physicality is great. I, I will not take anything away from that. I Like you said, he he has that ability to just be very physical, kind of frustrate receivers. You yep. saw that a lot watching his tape, and that I love. I love your Draymond Green uh, uh, comparison, especially because he's more versatile than Christian Gonzalez. I will give yep. him that. Yep. It's like if you want to draft Devin Witherspoon and he's not you know adapting to the corner as, as fast as you want him to, you plug him into safety, I am – fully confident that he can be a capable safety to start out his career. And then you start, you know, kind of moving him back to the corner position once he's kind of got the feel for the NFL. So his versatility is much better than Christian Gonzalez. Absolutely. So um, there are a lot of things to like about Devin Witherspoon. I just think he's slightly more developmental than Christian Gonzalez, but there's no question that Gonzalez and Witherspoon are my one and two. It's just, you know, like you said, it's we disagree on that. We flip them because I imagine Christian Gonzalez is your number two. Yeah, he's easily my number two. Exactly. So there you go. So the one and two are it's it's a very easy decision there. I think both will be gone by pick 15. It's just it's a question of who you like more. I like Christian Gonzalez more. You like Devin Witherspoon more. That's why you're wrong. But that's, you know, it's the way things work at the Desai guys. Um, so I there there is a lot to like about Devin Witherspoon, but he is more scheme dependent in my opinion, and that's why he gets you know he drops down to number two. But he's he's gonna be good. I I I see his floor as being like a solid NFL corner. I do not see him as a bust at all. Yeah, he's gonna bust so idea. hard just because I said that. He's gonna bust so hard. God damn it. <laughs> oh gosh, it's gonna be a you know position. you know actually who Devin Witherspoon reminds me of Prince of Mukamara. 
Mm, okay. Like okay. a like a good solid corner that just stays in the league for like ten years. And I've I've gotten heat for this. I got I got a YouTube comment yelling at me for this last year. Like Ted has very low expectations for first round picks. And my first round pick stays in the NFL for ten years. I'm happy. Like Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher, I don't think was a complete bust. Did he disappoint? Absolutely. But Eric Fisher yes. had a very successful NFL career. Even though you selected first overall, was he a star? Obviously not. But like, I mean, think about the first round bus. Like some of these guys go out after a year or two and that's not an exaggeration. And so like, I, I think that Witherspoon at worst will have a good sol- solid, not amazing, but solid 10 year career. And if I get that at pick, you know, six to 15, I'm happy. Yeah. hundred percent. I think it's just where you take him. I think that's going to be where you take him your is, expectations yeah. for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. If Eric, if Eric Fisher was like a pick in the twenties, people would be like, Oh, that was a great pick. Yeah, exactly. Pro- problem for him is that was that was a weak ass draft. Holy shit! Yeah, if you guys was... if you guys want to look back on that draft, that was a bad draft. <laughs> so let's move on. I want to stick with the quarter position here, Tab. But I want to give yeah, I want you to give me. That's the best way to put it. There. Um, I want you to give me who's a sleeper pick at the corner position that you sort of been eyeing as far as like you know sort of another guy that you sort of like or just you know I'm a huge fan of this guy regardless of where he is as far as position. I'm thinking not as much of a higher ranked guy because obviously that's the whole point of a sleeper sort of designation here. So just who's a guy towards the lower end that you may see on day two, possibly day three that you like as a sleeper pick. So I'm glad you said a guy I like over like a highly valued guy because I'm basically what I'm trying to say is he's not quite a sleeper because everybody knows this guy has potential but i think he's being overlooked just because this class is deep man this corner class is so good and i almost by the way shout out because i almost went with riley moss out of iowa i really really like that kid i just need to give him a quick shout out because i i I love him but i like this player more it's keely ringo out of georgia and now people are going to go well of course national champion of course like how is he a sleeper well Really think about it, though, because he's kind of being talked over by a lot of guys. Everyone's talking Deontay Banks. Everyone's talking Joey Porter. Um, you know, I'm not going to mention Gonzalez and um, um, Witherspoon because they're you know, obviously going to be gone by the point where all these guys come into play. But well, like guys like you, Cam Smith, Emmanuel Forbes, Cam Smith, like, they're all you. going yeah. ahead of Khalil Ringo now, too. So, yeah, exactly. It's just it's there's so many guys that are just neck and neck that it feels like Ringo's kind of going under the radar here. So that's why I picked him as my sleeper pick, because honestly, I think he's probably my third corner in this year's draft. I really, really like what I see out of Ringo. I I know it's a, it's a hot take, but I really like what I see out of Ringo. He's at six. No, I almost read the next, uh, the next player I'm going to talk about. I was like six, four. That's not right. He's at (laughs) ring. Yeah, no Ringo is six, two, two Oh seven, which by the way, I had to mention, we mentioned this on the podcast before. Sorry, I'm burpy because of the champagne. But uh, we we have to uh, we've mentioned this on the podcast before is the the weight disparities between like what the school says and what the oh, combine yeah. finds is hilarious. This is yes. one of the better ones. So he weighed in at 207. Ringo did at the combine. Do you want to know what Georgia lists him as? I'm going to say like they gave him an extra 10, 15 pounds. Yeah, you're close. He was 220 at Georgia. <laughs> of course. Of Where did those 13 pounds go? It just <laughs> exactly. evaporated. It literally evaporated. It was water weight. It was water yeah, weight. It just evaporated, go. apparently. But um, so that was hilarious. But 6'2", 207, he is probably my pick for the best man coverage, press man coverage corner in this year's draft. Like his press skills are so phenomenal. They are so good. I love it. He is so aggressive. He is strong. And I, I just think that he will be able to keep up with the most physical receivers in this year's draft. And another thing I said that I would be bringing up a lot in, in today's episode is speed. Do you want to know what Ringo ran at the uh, combine with the 40? Yeah, hit me with it. 436. That's pretty good. That's pretty so good. he was faster. He was faster than Christian Gonzalez. So he has that top end speed, which I will touch on again because that can lead to a weakness. But again, I'll get to that in a little bit. So I, I think that he is aggressive. He has a high. And I, this is something I hate this phrase. I hate this phrase when it comes to draft analysts. But with him, I have to use it because it's just too perfect not to use. He has a high motor. This guy it will not quit on plays. He is so aggressive. He just looks for the ball all the time. And like you said with Witherspoon, on those running plays, this dude is a heat-seeking missile. Like if he is on the boundary and he sees that you know jet sweep coming his way, that jet sweep is not going further than five yards. I can guarantee you that. 
because like he is an absolute ball hawk. I love Ringo's. Yep. Again, and by the way, our goal is to get this in the dictionary by 2030. I'm slowly working on it, but his finacity is unmatched. He has the best finacity in a corner out of anyone in this class. Now, here's why he's being looked over is because he does tend to be overly aggressive, right? So he's like, oh my God, I got him impressed. I got him impressed. And all of a sudden the receiver's like five yards behind him. He's like, ah, shit. And so that's a problem. It's like, you need to work on like being a little bit more conservative, letting the play develop. Don't be, you know, too jumpy on trying to go for the pick. Another thing that he really, this is his biggest flaw in my opinion. His fluidity needs a lot of work because what will end up happening with him, because like I said, he's a speedy motherfucker. 436. So he has developed this bad habit of like, oh, the you know, receiver beat me on a double move. Oh, well, now I can catch up to him because I'm faster than him. Well, I think he's fast enough where that will work in the NFL. Will it work consistently in the NFL? That I'm not so sure about. So I think he needs to rely less on his speed and develop a little bit more technique. But if you if he lands in the right coaching situation, oh my god, like he is every attribute you need to coach up to be one of the top corners in the NFL. And I really mean that. Now, again, he needs to be coached up. He's not going to do that from day one. He's not going to be defensive rookie of the year. So if he goes to the right team, I see a lot of promise here. If he goes to a team that's like, all right, you're our number two starter. Let's go. That's going to be a little rough for him. That's there are going to be some growing pains there, but if he is their nickel, um, you know, or, you know, kind of their backup corner for the first year of his career, I think he will slowly develop into, and not even slowly, honestly, by like year two or year three, I think he will develop into a solid starter at worst in the NFL. So Keely Ringo, I absolutely love this kid. And not yeah, just because he shut down QJ. <laughs> I think the biggest thing that I saw when I was watching tape of Ringo is just the consistency where it's like, exactly like relate yeah. out where it's like, there are times where he just looks sensational. He looks like he could be a top 10 pick, but then at other times it just, you don't see it as often. Then you see some, like I said, you don't see the fluidity. You see the over aggressiveness. You see some of the things that he just sort of misses. And we talked about this in our post combine episode, just who won and who lost at the combine. I brought him up as one of the guys who hurt his stock because he just mm -hmm. didn't look as clean through the drills. And yeah, he ran a great 40, but when you look going through the position drills, you had to look good there too, especially if you're going to do the position drills, yeah. right? So yeah. that was one of the things that I saw out of Ringo specifically was just that there's a lot of times he looked fantastic, but there was a lot of times where he just saw just like, okay, he needs work here. He needs work here. So just the biggest thing, like I said, consistency. And I think that's why another reason why his stock took a tumble as well compared to some of these other guys that have now gone ahead of him. Because I remember, Tad, that obviously after every draft, they sort of do like, you know, ESPN and all these, you know, um, uh, publications, they release, they're sort of like, let's look to the future. Way, yeah, and way too early draft. Yeah, exactly. And Killy Ringo was listed as like the best corner of the pick, draft. Yeah. Exactly. But just then you see the season as it went along. And like I said, you just see a lot of other quarters with the more impressive skills. And you just see Kali Ringo having sort of those hesitancies, like I said, just not being as consistent. That obviously took a hurt. But yeah, just like you laid out, if he lands in the right coaching system, somebody could coach him up real well, refine everything, make it be more consistent. Absolute home run of a pick for sure. If you get him on day two, like, I mean, that's just excellent value then I think for sure. And I think he will be a day two pick. There's still some talk he may be a late first round pick, but like you said with Forbes, Porter, Banks, I think all those guys are going to go before him, which some of them I disagree with, some of them I agree with, but I, I think he will be one of the first corners taken in round two. Yeah, I see that happening as well, for sure. Um, but let's switch over to the safeties now, Tad. Now, oh boy. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Who's your sleeper? Did we go over your sleeper? No, you're right. We didn't go over my sleepers. So yeah, I'm about to say, here's your sleeper. Come on. Don't sell yourself short. 200 yeah, episodes, right. man. We don't get there without some good analysis. Come on. That By the way, true. cheers. 200 episodes. Cheers. 200 episodes. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, yeah, let's get to my sleeper real fast here. Then we'll get to the safeties here because, yeah, I think if we could hold off safeties a little bit longer, I think it's probably better oh, based God, off this class. For sure. Good Lord. But, yeah, I think just this speaks about how deep this class is because I think this is another quarter that I think is going overlooked that it was originally projected to be like one of those top five quarters in this year's class. But just the talent is so huge at this position this year that he sort of has fallen a little bit. And that's DJ Turner, the second out of the University of Michigan. And mm. you look at this guy just 
absolutely blazing speed. Like this is that is the definition of speed for sure with this guy, DJ Turner, the second. Um, just no trouble keeping up with any receiver at the NFL level. Obviously, the college level is no issue as well. Um, not only does he have that top end speed, Tad, but he has excellent acceleration to get to that top end speed. So it's not going to take him long to get to that top speed to stay with any receiver that's going on those deep nine routes, deep uh, post, uh, deep fades, whatever you want to call it. He'll have no trouble sticking with the receivers at the very top. He has great speed, but with that, he can also stop on a dime very quickly so he can go on those cuts. He can stick with the receiver, those cut, uh, those breaks, also those comebacks. Like he has no problem just stopping really quickly and getting back to where the receiver actually is to break up a play, limit the long plays after the catch for sure. Uh, displays great football IQ as well. Like, I mean, you see his great read and recognition skills when he's playing the position. He's able to stick with the receivers, understand where the play is going to sort of make the play or break it up or possibly, like I said, just limit the ball carrier from getting longer yards after the catch for sure. Um, he can't jump routes at times too. Like, I mean, I saw that a couple times at play at on the tape that I was watching that just like with his read skills, he's able to sort of make that cut as far as if he's going deep, if he's in the trail position, all of a sudden come in, make a play on a comeback route with his hands and his ability and his IQ specifically. So can get a little bit physical, especially for being a smaller corner as well at the line of scrimmage. So you see some of that press coverage ability. Uh, you can also see some of that zone coverage ability. But yeah, you see a little bit of versatility there. But I think just the biggest thing too is just as an underside corner, which is very similar to Devon Witherspoon, he's got that mentality that's like, I want to make a play. And so in the run game specifically as well, very good at getting after the ball carrier, getting after the run game, being able to sort of participate. Because that's usually one of the things that you don't see with corners. Just like you want to see guys that want to actually get and tackle the ball carrier. Whereas it's like you don't see that with a lot of guys. You see that with DJ Turner and, of course, with Devin Witherspoon. Now, here's the big thing. Now, compared to Devin Witherspoon, where I have no issue with him playing on the outside as well as the inside – DJ Turner, I see strictly as a slot corner. Like, I just don't see the yeah, song. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I don't see the strong ability that he has. Like, with everything that he does well, it's just I don't think he can match up as well with guys on the outside. So you're drafting this guy purely as a slot corner, which is part of the reason why his talk took a stump, stock took a tumble as well. So that's why we're possibly going to say, see him try, go on day for sure. Try, try saying that five times fast. <laughs> stock took a tumble? Yeah, I know. Seriously. Um, he's – Obviously going to have a harder time going up against the larger physical receivers. He doesn't have the wingspan either because with Devin Witherspoon, even though he's underside, like you can see he's got the wingspan to go after it, have the leaping ability to sort of make the uh, swats at the 50-50 balls, the contested catches. With DJ Turner, I just don't see it as often. So I wonder if he just lacks that ability for sure. So I think that's why you're going to stick him into the slot cover there. Um, also, like I said, he's, He's a solid prospect. I think he does a lot of things really well, but I don't think there's anything that he does that's exceptional. So I think yeah. he needs a little bit of refinement with a lot of things where it's like he's physical, like I said, at times, but I think he's definitely a little handsy at times. So that can be leads to some penalties, can lead to some, you know, issues at the next level. He's uh can run with easily with any receivers, but sometimes he lacks the technique on certain routes. So I mean there's lots of things I see inconsistently there. And then while I said he is good in the run game, I think just his technique sort of fails him a lot. So he doesn't wrap up the tackler, leads to a lot of missed tackles as well as hard to bring the runner down. So while there's a lot of things I like about DJ Turner, I think there's a reason why he slid or into day two, possibly day three. I'm not hundred percent sure. I think on he's that gonna one, be day three. He's gonna I be day think, three. I think I could see him going like in round three, possibly. Yeah. If he slips into day three, then probably round four. But I don't think he slips out outside of round four or five, six, seven. I don't think I see anything like that. But just I think he has a lot of talent. I think it just needs a lot more refinement for him to be a productive corner at the next level. But 100%, I think you need to play him in the slot. If you play him on the outside, I think this guy is just going to be washed within a handful of years. Yeah, he's never going to – well, I shouldn't say never. But he it's going to take him a while to develop into a true number one corner if he ever does. Um, and like you said, I think slot's perfect for him though because he yeah. has that speed to keep up with slot receivers so that's why there is promise there and i think with my thing with turner is there's a lot of physical things like there is speed his physicalness uh it, physicality i think it's the right word that's there word. uh yeah yeah there we are um I, I there's a lot to love there at its base but who man there's a lot to coach up there too that's yeah. why he's a he's a perfect mid round uh, candidate exactly. or target because yeah like that there's a lot where okay in certain situations he can contribute right away but like if we're looking for a true like long term like you're you're gonna help this team 
you need to be very confident that your secondary coach is ready to really sit down with this guy because, man, it, it, you use this word. His game needs a lot of refinement. So mm-hmm. there, there's a, I'm, I'm a Michigan fan, man. I love him, but whew, there, there's a lot of work to be done there. Yeah, exactly. But like that's what makes a good sleeper, though, is what can you develop? Is what exactly. is he develop, developable? Develop, does he have that developmental talent? There we go. We'll there run with go. that. <laughs> I, I, I speak for a living. What am I doing? I know. I know. I don't. Yeah, it's just whatever. But there's a lot to develop there. There we go. Yeah. And, um, there, there are some corners there where I've, I've seen other, you know, examples of like, oh, physically I love him, but like, there's no development there. It's like you can just tell that you don't have that, that instinct or that, that you know, kind of feel for the game. And Turner has that. He has that. So he, he, you can develop him. It's just, will he go to a team that has the patience to let him do so? Yeah, I think we're in agreement. I think he has a solid base of foundation as far as how he is as a corner. It's just what can you build upon that foundation and base to make him into an even better corner and a very productive starter for your defense for sure. So I like him 100% as a sleeper. Like I said, day two, excellent pick for sure. Excellent value. Dude, this is the most fun episode we've ever done. I need to start, just start drinking champagne every episode. This is great. Yeah, no, no. <sighs> Please don't. Let's not oh, it's going to be that, It's going to be great. Hundred. No, it's going to drain my bank account, but it'll be great. Yeah, let's not do that. Um, But let's get to the safety position now. Finally, <laughs> let's actually discuss some safeties uh, here. Do we have um, to? Yeah, it was a little bit of a rough uh, research sort of time with the safeties here. It's not the not a particular strong class this year. Um, I think you got a few good level talent at the very top of the draft class here. But just, yeah, the depth of this safety class is very very shallow like i mean it's, it was, it took a little bit of time to find some good guys here but just add looking at the safety class i know we're sort of downplaying it here but just who's a guy that you absolutely love at the safety position this year yeah well like you said th- this class is the very definition of top heavy if your team needs a safety um they better sure shit have a safety by the end of the second round because after that it's it's very shallow i don't i'm not a big believer in a lot of these guys but one guy i'm actually happy at shallow this year because this is a guy I absolutely love and his draft stock otherwise would have just absolutely tanked. And that is JL Skinner, the safety out Boise State. I love this guy. I think it, excuse me, champagne burps, but I think it was, don't shake your head. We're celebrating. Yeah. It's celebratory. It's good. Yeah, but you don't need to do it all episode. <laughs> well, you know what? It's, it's, you know, I'm about a quarter of the way through the bottle. We'll see how it goes. But, um, J.L. Skinner is one of my favorite safeties. I think we even said last episode where like he is my draft crush at any position. Mm-hmm. Like this guy is so aggressive and so he's a, the very definition of ball hawk. I absolutely love him. So he's 6'4, 210. That was the 6'4 guy I almost mentioned there earlier. So 6'4, 210. Uh, he utilizes his, and here's what I like about the, him the most is he utilizes his aggression in a smart way. Like some guys are super aggressive. It's like, okay, yep, yeah, but don't go. It's kind of like the Jamal Adams thing where it's like, okay, don't go for the big hit though. Yeah. Go for the coverage instead. Yep. And, but he's mm-hmm. super aggressive in coverage as well. So he utilizes it in a smart way. That's why I like the most about uh, Skinner here. Um, he's an absolute uh, great tackler, probably the best tackling safety in this year's draft, even over branch out of Alabama. Like he's, his ability to wrap up and absolutely lay these guys out unparalleled now here's the big hang-up with him is unfortunately while he was prepping for the combine he did uh tear his pectoral muscle mm. so and it, uh, it led to a lot of research that i never thought i would do so it turns out the uh, pectoral muscle and he got surgery done in late february to repair it um it keeps you out for four to six weeks or weeks four to six months there you so go. <laughs> yeah exactly weeks i mean that'd be best case scenario so unfortunately boise state pro day out uh combine we have no stat he was there for interviews but he was not there to run any drills obviously um so we will not have any of those kind of drill stats that either tend to help or hurt a guy so i think he he's gonna dip a little bit but the good news is six months from you know february is august so at the very worst he should be ready at the beginning of his rookie season might need to take a week or two off but he he will play his rookie season which is important so i think that will hurt his draft stock a little bit um 
But, you know, going into other negatives, sure, his ball hawk skills need a little bit more work. He hasn't had that many interceptions during his career. But I think a large part of that is because teams don't like throwing to him because he's so good at, you know, covering those deep zone coverage. Now, the deep zone coverage is an interesting thing because he is so inconsistent with it. You'll watch one game and he he covers the deep zone so well, and the next game he will just be outrun by this guy running a you know go route, and you're like, what is what what is going on there? So he needs to develop some consistency there. The other thing I I think the biggest advantage Skinner has, and this is why I think I know you're laughing at Cap's tail. Yeah, there we go, and of course it just leaves <laughs> right there, but um. I think his biggest advantage or contribution to a team that he will have right away is he, this guy's a tight end eliminator. Because like I said, with that, that size, that aggressiveness, he is a whole safety. You can put this guy in the line of scrimmage and he will eliminate uh, – other than guys like Kelsey and Kittle because nobody can eliminate them. But if you put this guy on – I don't know. What's uh, Dalton Schultz against the Texans? Let's let's assume Skinner goes to the Colts, which by God, my God, that would be great. But um, if, if you put Skinner against Schultz, I'm confident that Skinner can make Schultz's life a living hell for about three hours. And that's why I went from a safety, especially a rookie safety because, okay, that's what you can contribute right now while we develop you. Great. And I think that is in the immediate development he can give. So I think, honestly, this injury might be a blessing in disguise for Skinner because I think it'll slip to a contender. Because if you're a contender and you just need a kind of helping piece in the secondary right now, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, your safety is jettisoned out in a year or two, and then Skinner comes in, oh my God, you're set. You're set. You just perfectly bridged, you know, one starting safety to the other. So I, I know I've been talking about him for like five minutes straight now, but I fucking love JL Skinner. This dude is my, honestly might be my favorite draft player in the entire NFL draft for 2023. Interesting. That's pretty high praise. He's so good, sure. dude. You want my, you want my NFL comp? Well, let's hear it. We got to hear it. Hall of Famer. It's not a Hall of Famer because it's bullshit, but this player is out of the Hall of Fame. He is this he is this generation's Bob Sanders. Okay. All right. Interesting. Bob Sanders won defensive player of the year award, so maybe it's on the horizon. Should for be Skinner. a Hall of Famer, by the way. <laughs> Absolute bullshit. So Training. yeah. Mathis okay. Bob Sanders. Get him in there. Yeah. So okay. High praise for JL Skinner. We'll see what happens to the hey, product if, of if Boys. It, if it State. helps, I was I was watching his tape uh, on YouTube a couple days ago, and one of the YouTube commenters said this is a modern day Ronnie Lot. So it could be a lot worse. Wow. Okay. I was about, yeah. No, that was like all right. I'm not I'm not going there. <laughs> I, like, I think I'll have to turn back and watch some Skinner tape for sure. Then <laughs> interesting. That was that was a YouTube commenter, not me. Whatever. Still, still. Um. I'm going to get to my favorite safety, and I actually brought his name up before, but I'm going back to the University of Illinois, and I'm not going with Sidney Brown, though. I'm going with the other safety, and that's Jartavius Quan Martin out of the University of Illinois. Like, I just like this guy. As soon as I saw him at the combine, I was like, oh, this guy looking pretty impressive through the drills. He ran a pretty good 40 as well. I'm just, I was like, I need to do a little bit more research on him. And when I was watching tape on him, Illinois used him very similar to the way Baylor used Jalen Petrie. They used him as what's oh, called the five. You. How dare you bring a Baylor? <laughs> they used him at what's called the star position. So it's like they used him as the nickel corner. They used him as a uh, single high safety as well. Like they used him in a different variety of position as far as what better suited their particular scheme or play on that particular drive or whenever they're, whatever the offense was sort of presenting as well. So he has very good roving capabilities to either play the safety position or if you were to lock him into a nickel corner you can sort of do that as well um just wow buttery smooth in his transitions like i mean just you see him in the back pedal he tra easily transitions into covering the receiver co going with the receiver at the safety position as well he's able to come in just pick up the receiver and just it just looks so fluid and easy and just natural when he's going and picking up the receiver to sort of make a play on the particular um uh, on the pass or the play that's sort of going after him right um navigates among the trees on defense so he can make a play as well so it's like when i say that i mean that you see a lot of blockers that get to the second 
level. You see some hands. You see just your old uh, defensive uh, members as well. And so it's like he's able to navigate through all that to find where the play is going to be able to stop the play. Or more importantly, when you're getting after the ball carry, you have to navigate through everybody as well. He's very a- he's very easily able to do that and get into the backfield or get to where the ball carriers to limit long gains or with receivers limit long gains to the air as well. Um, like I said, in the slot, they were able to use him very physical at the point of attack on the line of scrimmage so he can easily offset receivers when they're starting their routes. So that sort of affects the timing by the quarterback. So that just elongates the play, which allows the pass rush to get after it or leads to a throwaway. So just easily can able to disrupt plays to prevent any sort of plays happening on him just by just by being physical at the point of attack. So he's able to do that for sure. While he's not a ball hog, what I have seen is that he shouldn't have any troubles forcing turnovers at the next play because A, he has the good recognition skills to find where the play is happening, and then B, natural hands. Like, surprisingly, for a safety, yeah. like, he actually displays pretty good hands that if the ball's coming his way, he should be able to handle it and be able to force a turnover to catch some balls that way. So I like what I see as far as his hands the situation there. So if balls are thrown his way, I could see a lot of turnovers coming his way at the next level. Now, here's the one thing is that while you laid out that Jail Skinner is a tight end eraser, this is not your team as far. He's gonna he's the type that like Kelsey just like runs over, like oh he's, he's easily like, he's easy yeah. a liability at the tight end covering the tight end position. He's, so you're not he's gonna a, ask he's a speed bump for George Kittle. Like it's just <laughs> like <laughs> The modern, more athletic tight end will easily be able to take care of Jartavius Martin for sure. But obviously, once you get to the next level, you'll be able to sort of work with him to figure out, to recognize these things. But right off the gate, yeah, he's going to be a problem for sure. Offenses will be able to attack him specifically if he's put in the nickel position or at the safety position. They'll be able to use the tight end very easily against him. He just doesn't have that skill set, that physicality, unfortunately, against tight ends and that size advantage that you would want to eliminate the tight end like a JL Skinner can. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's one weakness of his game for sure. And I think sometimes I saw, especially on tape, that when he was working at the safety position specifically, he could be taking better angles to get after the play so there's a lot of times where i see him just coming in a little bit too sharp the ball carrier is able to just work around him get some extra yards that way or he's coming in too uh narrow and the guy's able to cut a field on him cut midfield get into the play that way as well so yeah if you can work on his angles like i said that's easily coachable just a little bit watching more tape recognizing who you're going up against at the next level i think that can easily be coached up but just those are some of the liabilities that i see with jartavis martin but there's a lot that i like with this guy that i think if a team were able to draft him i think he can be a pretty good starter by the end of his rookie season for sure admittedly i haven't watched a lot of martin's tape so that's fair. That, that's fair. Hey, you've you've inspired me to do so though i i have my next project god damn it why do we have just a week left there's so <laughs> many players to watch we get a half we got a week and a half this I this needs to be a full time job. Like no shit, Mel Kiper <laughs> does this for a living. Like he has all year, he has all year to do this, and we have basically like three hours after work to do this. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, give or take. So, yeah. Yeah. Depending <laughs> on, I I just did a three hour tutoring session on Friday. How do you think that went? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I just need to say this. How did anybody score in Illinois this year? Like. All of Illinois' secondary is draftable. Like, it's insane. I, I haven't seen a secondary this draftable in – I can't even, like, reference something else because, like, it feels like everybody in this Illinois secondary, good or bad, is going to go get drafted at some point. So, like, props to – I'm not going to give Belima – Belma, how you say it? Whatever. The former Wisconsin coach. I'm not going to give him props. Lovey Smith deserved props because he recruited all these guys. Like, good for you, man. You sure. developed one of the Very best true. secondaries in college football, and a lot of them are going to go to the top three NFL rounds. 100%. 100%. So. Illinois, man. Like, Illinois. <laughs> like, good Lord. Yeah. It's surprising. Surprising. But yeah, lots of good talent in the secondary this year for the University of Illinois for sure. Uh, let's close this out, Tad. Let's get to some sleeper safeties here. So who's a sleeper know. safety that I you like this year? Just, all right. Let's go. I just, I don't know. <laughs> None. I just it's <laughs> like okay. No, I have one pick, but it's just it's again the, like we said this this class is very top heavy. There's a lot of development to be done. I'm not saying there's no promise here, but there's a lot of promise. But good lord, does it need a lot of development? So it's just I'll go with the guy who I picked for reasons that he can contribute right away in ways I'm about to explain. That's Ronnie Hickman, the safety out of Ohio State. He's sitting at six flat, uh, 200 pounds. He has all the athletic abilities to succeed in the NFL, but here's his issue. 
He's not very good at the man-on-man coverage. He needs a lot of work there. And with zone coverage, he lets the game come to him rather than him anticipate the game, if that makes sense. So he's very good at staying back. And like if the play develops in his favor, he's great at taking advantage of that. But he's not good at turning the play into his favor. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. So, like, he doesn't do much to force the quarterback to make a bad decision. Mm-hmm. It's more of, like, if the quarterback quarterback makes a bad decision, you know he'll be there to take advantage of that. So that's exactly. why I picked Hickman to as my sleeper pick because he has all the physical abilities to succeed, but good Lord, he's going to need a lot of coaching to really develop into a starter. I don't know if he ever will be able to, but there's enough promise there to at least make me hopeful that he can. And for now, if you take him as a sixth or seventh round prospect, and I know that it's like, dad, sixth or seventh round, what the hell are you talking about? Sixth or seventh round prospect. This is why. It's because he is what I call a center fielder. And so imagine like he goes to, I don't know, the Chargers. And Joey Bosa, is it Joey Bosa? I always get the two mixed up. Joey Bosa's on <laughs> You're the not court, alone, right? but yes, it is Joey okay. Bosa. Yeah, so Joey Bosa gets Joey a sack, Bosa. does not yell at the ref, so there's no penalty, and is now third and 18. Well, this is a perfect opportunity to throw Hickman out there because he is great at covering the deep, you know, zone so well that like in obvious passing situations, he has that instinct and that ability to kind of read the quarterback enough where he can be effective as a rookie and that he'll contribute right away right there while you develop him and literally everywhere else in the meantime. So I think he has that slight ability to contribute right away. But, oh, man, there's a lot of work to be done with him. But there's enough promise there where I'm not calling him a, you know, don't take prospect right now. If I'm in the sixth or seventh, honestly, who gives a shit about sixth or seventh round? It's all luck at that point. And so, like, he has all the athletic. At that point, I'm taking athleticism over everything else, and he has enough athleticism to justify taking him at that point. Now, if somebody takes him in the fourth or fifth round, they're morons. (laughs) Wow. Okay. <laughs> the Colts are definitely going to do that now, aren't they? Yeah, it's very possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Instead of Skinner with him possibly being on the board, they got to go with the oh, game. <laughs> don't don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> I see it happening. I see it happening. So do I. So do I just because they love to hurt me. <laughs> so I'm going to get to my sleeper safety here, and I'm going to stay in the uh, California here, and I'm going to go to the University of California, Berkeley here. And I'm going to go with the safety, Daniel Scott. <laughs> This is my pick. This is my pick, and he got it in earlier than I did. Yeah, you had more time. You could have got yeah, this I done did. earlier. I did. Anyway. <laughs> so right, he let's... has the size and strength that you want at the stage position. 6'1", 208 pounds. Just very fluid. Great range. Like, I mean, Tad, you already brought this up with Yarny Hickman, but he plays the safety position like a center fielder in baseball. Like, he has that range ability. He can recognize where the play is going. He's able to make a play, cover sideline to sideline, can come up if he needs to as well. Um, very versatile defender, so he can play the safety position. I've also seen him play at the nickel position as well at Cal, so they're able to use him in a lot of different positions there, but I think you want to use him as a safety, a strong safety specifically. Um, just like I already brought this up, outstanding at reading the quarterback so he can prevent plays from happening, and not only that, but he has the ball skills so that once the ball is in the air, he can break it up with his hands. He has that great recognition skills, can force some turnovers as well, and 100% at least get a hand on the ball to break up the pass play for sure. Uh, very quick to recognize run plays, so it's like, especially as at the safety position, he could recognize that the play is sort of developing into a run play as far as a pass play. So he could come in quickly into the backfield or at least get out to the ball carrier, limit the long runs, and get after it, wrap up the defender for sure. Now, he doesn't have the cleanest technique as a tackler. So, I mean, he has been very liable with a lot of missed tackles. He, I think he had 36 in his last season here with Cal. So, I mean, that's not a number that you want to see, especially with a t- safety position here. When you say that he has a good, well, he's a good run defender, so that just needs to be cleaned up with some proper coaching as far as the technique is concerned. Um, has shown, especially in the run game too, that he can be swallowed up by uh, blockers as well, especially the tight end. He's coming off the edge. The tight end just has no issue picking him up and putting him away to let the runner sort of go that way or just prevent him getting involved in the run play as well. So he needs to work on a little bit of his, you know, uh, disguising techniques as well. So he could see that, you know, he's coming in one way, but then maybe goes another way or just overall just build up some strength to get past the tight end as well, for sure. Um, I think at times, like, he's very, like, I sort of liken it this way to, like, a dog going chasing after cars, where he's just like, what's going to happen if he actually gets the car? Like, I mean, he's just so aggressive to go after the car that sometimes you're just not thinking fully about where the play is actually going. So you see that a lot with Daniel Scott, where he's just, like, very erratic, just trying to be really aggressive. But I think you brought this up with one of your previous players that you were talking about, where it's just like, 
maybe he misses the fact that it's like, oh, shoot, the play is actually going this way and I missed out on it. Or, oh, shoot, this is a run play. I should have been going here instead of here sort of thing. So very erratic. I think that can be easily controlled and corralled. And unfortunately, Tad, this is one of the big ones that can affect his draft stock for sure, which is why I project him to go on day three. Now, where he goes on day three, I'm not sure. But he was at Cal for six seasons. Yeah. So yeah. he's going to be entering the draft at 25. And unfortunately, one of those was because of the COVID year. So he was redshirted. Then he played a couple of years. Then he had the COVID year. So he had an extra year of eligibility. So he played a little bit longer. So he was a fifth-year senior last year. And because of that, like I said, his NFL career may be a little bit shorter, but hopefully he's getting into the NFL as a more experienced player. He was a captain for Cal the last two seasons, so he has that leadership ability. So that's something you can look for when you're drafting a guy at the lower levels. Like, I mean, we talked about this Max Duggan. That's like maybe he doesn't have the quarterback skills you want, but he he's has got the, the it factor. He's got exactly. The it factor. He has the it factor. He has the leadership capabilities that he's a voice that you want in the locker room to rally up guys, to corral guys. So that I can see very much with Daniel Scott as well. So, yeah. I 100% like I say I see him going on day three round four would shock me a little bit I project him as a round five safety here but I think whoever gets him he's going to be a very good backup safety and he could develop into a starter he yeah, definitely has yeah, the yeah. skills to but right out the gate I think he's going to be a really good special teamer and a backup safety that you could use on rotational packages but I like a lot what I see with Daniel Scott but 100% needs a lot of work for sure as far as some of his skills he needs a lot of work for sure, but I mean, I'm just going to repeat everything you said. He has all the athletic ability there to succeed. Like this dude can cover end to end unbelievably well. Honestly, probably the fa fastest safety in this year's class. Like that, this dude's speed when I watched, I was like, holy shit. Like it's like watching mm -hmm. Usain fucking bolt out there, like just going yeah. back and forth. I'm like, good Lord. Um, like you said, like the missed tackles, that needs some work. Um, my comparison for him, because I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, is yes, he will get swallowed up in the Lions scrimmage. This is not a tackling safety. <laughs> Like every time he tries to play against the run, it's like, oh, you, you poor, sweet summer child. Like, exactly. you just, just don't. It's don't, like you applaud the try. effort, but then it's just like, come on. Yeah. And that's the worst <laughs> part is you're just like, oh, you're trying so hard, but you poor little bastard. It's just like, it's, oh, man. It's like those, it's like those old, old cartoons that you watch where it's like you see a small guy trying to attack those big guys. And yeah. Big guy's yeah. Like and using his hand. Yeah. 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 Like, you're just like, yeah, you're not going anywhere, but swinging, you're like, see him. He's, he's like swinging, swinging and he's just not even reaching the stomach. And that's exactly what it is. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, so like it's it's not a perfect comparison because I'm still working on a comparison in my head, but like I would compare him to a lesser, obviously lesser, uh, Tyron Matthew. Like you're not putting Tyron Matthew in in you know run coverage. You're not using yeah. him for like a run pack. It's like if we go to all that blitz, all right, t Honey Badger, yeah, you get your ass on the sidelines. No, 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 yeah, I know you're you're the Honey Badger. Shut up, get on the sideline. Like that's gonna be Scott there is because he's a smaller guy. He's he's great in cover well i should say great but he has the capability of being great in coverage but he's just never going to be the complete safety so it's and that, that's a bad thing look at matthew he's had a very successful nfl career so as long as he can perfect that those coverage skills 100 percent he's right there you have all the physical tools it's just and i think the big thing with matthew too is that law that came with time too because i mean earlier exactly. he wasn't as perfect but then you spend a little bit more time in the league you learn how these nfl offenses operate you get coached up a lot more he became a lot more productive of a mm -hmm. safety so i mean yep. yeah i can very much see the same thing with daniel scott too yeah so no, i like daniel scott a lot <clears throat> Goddamn champagne. I like Daniel Scott a lot as a developmental prospect. Um, honestly, I, I like him as a round four candidate, but who okay. gives a shit? Round, yeah. round four, round five, we're splitting hairs at that point. Doesn't No, nah, that's fair, but just, yeah, we'll we'll see exactly what happens. But I think 100% day three is where he's going to be slotted. Um, but yeah, could be round four. I think it's more going to be early round five. It but doesn't yeah, we'll matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> So that's our secondary talk for today's episode. This is the last of our position rankings that we're going to get into. We're, like I said, we're running up against it. We're close to the NFL yeah, draft. So it is happening I'm next week. Time again too. This is going to be this is stressful. <laughs> it's going to Where's be. The yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to give you some great content as the draft is going on. Like I said, we're working it out. We're going to bring on some guests from the LAFB network, maybe some guests from outside the LFB network as well. But it's going to be a ton of fun covering rounds one 
two, and three for sure. We're figuring out day three. Like I said, maybe we'll be there for rounds four and five. Just four. We'll see. We'll figure it out. But we 100% got you guys covered for days one and two. So make sure you're tuning in to all the social media handles before because we're beginning streaming right on our Twitter account. We're streaming on LAFB Network's Twitter account. There's a bunch of other accounts that we're going to be streaming at. So we'll get you all those details in a coming episode to make sure that you can tune in to us. But yeah, best we can find out about just everything that's happening with us with the live stream, with future episodes, with anything and everything happening with us. You see the social media handles coming below. You can follow us there. You've got my Twitter account, I'm inside23. You got Tad's at Tad's side94. You got the show handle, the Decide Guys. And of course, on Instagram at the, the Decide Guys as well. So make sure you are following with us, interacting with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts on everything happening, draft related and non draft related too. I mean, just hit us up with anything you want to discuss. We're happy to talk with you for sure. Uh, make sure you subscribe, whatever this to your podcast. And of course, make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube channels, not just our YouTube channel, but we have the LEFB Network's YouTube channels where we have our own playlist there. Got a lot of great content there as well as great content from LEFB Network covering both the Chargers, the Rams, and the NFL level. And then you got the Trojans and the Bruins at the college level. Lots of great content coming your way there. Uh, so, yeah, guys, make sure you're subscribing there. Subscribe to our podcast. Following us on Instagram, on Twitter. I mean, guys, anything and everything that you're doing with us as far as supporting the Decide Guys after 200 episodes and hopefully 200 episodes more, maybe even more than 200 episodes, we'll see. But, I mean, guys, for everybody that's been part of the journey, like, seriously, we just can't thank you enough. Exactly like what Mer said, guys. Thank you so much. I'll be totally honest with our viewers. We have had multiple conversations over the past couple of years of like, do we stop this? Do we do we just call sure. it? And and sure. luckily, uh, we we said no. We kept going. It was because well, our viewer numbers are going up. Our viewer numbers are yeah. not that bad, and it's because of you guys, our viewers, our listeners, and just thank you so much for being faithful and and thank two hundred episodes. That's amazing, man. That is fantastic, and and it's because of you guys. So thank you so so much for all the support. Like we said, I'm so excited. Like I, I know I'm kind of I'm I'm dreading it, but I'm excited at the same time. It's like I am so excited for the NFL draft. It's gonna be overreacting. It's gonna be perfectly fine, guys. I never overreact. How dare you? Name one time I've overreacted. I can name 200 times. Based I on don't doubt that. <laughs> I do not doubt that at all. Probably even more so, than that. <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, like especially one on one. But anyway, um. It's all for you guys, and we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you, you know, subscribing and everything else. So we're gonna keep it up. We're gonna keep giving you great content and any content you want. Like Amir said, let us know. We're here for it. We're extremely flexible, especially because we're about I don't know two weeks away from having nothing to do during the off season. So we have a lot more flexibility coming in there. So if you have any ideas, feel free to hit us up there. So as always, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And Amir, to another 200 episodes, buddy. Another 200 episodes for sure. Stay safe, everyone. Don't drink and drive.